Welcome into episode 120 of the Sources Say podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Very happy to be joined once again by Sean Smith of Gobi Blue Country. Sean, how the heck are you? 120, huh? Is that is it that how many counties there are in the state of Kentucky? 120? Yeah, and it's it's yeah, that's exactly why uh yeah there there are 120 counties in kentucky <laughs> no, i'm like, doing great Jack, how are you? <laughs> i was gonna try to tie that in with with a damn bona visiting to kentucky visiting kentucky but i really don't have a a connection with uh 120 counties in a damn bona so sorry I, I gave it my best my best shot um I, I threw us off with that because i'm usually like i'm fantastic jack how are you so i'm fantastic jack how are you <laughs> oh here here we go uh, we had a five-star recruit visiting one of those 120 counties this past weekend, Sean. There you go. There, <laughs> I knew you'd take it somewhere. <laughs> well, uh, as as we uh, didn't didn't necessarily beat around the bush with Kentucky hosts five-star center Adembona. We've talked about him uh, very very often on this show and the ins and outs of his recruitment, the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, all all wrapped up in one. We've talked about it um, several times on this show and kind of what we were expecting coming out of the Derek Lively commitment and kind of uh, uh, the aftermath of that in terms of, of Adembona and, and Kentucky's chances with him. And, Sean, we brought it up several times in, in the past that um, things weren't all that fantastic with Kentucky's chances with with a dem following Derek Lively's commitment, uh, as I as I said several times, he wasn't uh, very pleased with UK's recruit recruitment of him and and how hard they were pushing and said that there were a lot of kind of miscommunications with uh, you know what UK was pitching, what they were asking of him, uh, you know how much of a priority he was going to be for the program alongside Derek Lively. I talked to some people after the fact uh, that were very close to his commitment. There were times that. Uh, apparently uh, one coach would tell him, yeah, we want both you and Derek Lively to play together uh, in Kentucky's front court. And then there are other times that the staff would tell him, we're going to take the first player to commit you. If you want it, you take it now. We're ready for you whenever. So there was a lot of wishy-washy miscommunications leading up to this visit. And Sean, this was an important one for that reason, because if Kentucky wanted any chance to land a consensus top 30 ish player in the country rated as high as number 10, I believe uh, they had to smooth some things over. Kentucky was not the overwhelming favorite that I was told several times that they were at the start of all of this, that uh, when he came over to the States and, you know, UK was one of the first schools that he ever even knew. And he knew of the program and Anthony Davis and, you know, Bam Adebayo and those, you know, some of the bigger names in Kentucky history. Uh, UK was one of the first schools that he ever liked and that, that he really followed. And UK kind of had a shoe in in his recruitment from the start and things definitely slipped away out of their favor, Sean. So um, definitely a, an important one for this, this staff to uh, kind of uh, fi- fix things with him. And they picked the perfect weekend, you know, to host him. The fan base was at their best for Kentucky football's win versus Florida. So, you know, he got to see uh, just exactly what Lexington is like. Uh, he took that visit with Chris Livingston. So it sounds like Kentucky was doing all they can, Jack, to make sure that they sure up that relationship and kind of make sure that everything's on uh, the right terms is because they need a commitment from a DM. Like I, I told somebody yesterday that if they were to 
lose a dim to someone else, then you're talking Jalen Duran passing on Kofi Coburn, losing Derek Lively, and now a dim bono. So as good as Kentucky's recruiting has been, and I don't want to sound negative here, like it's been great, especially when you got the number one overall player in the class, but you want to see them land that elite big man as well. Yeah, and uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but things – so I, I talked to – the closest person to a Dembono, somebody that's that he's very familiar with, his kind of uh, you know one of his his closest individuals, and I, I put a, a rundown on KSR of kind of what what the conversation went, and, and you know some of the I couldn't put everything out there, but some of the things that they were comfortable putting out there and sharing about the visit, and and uh, you know kind of what the lead up to that, his thoughts going into the visit and what happened after the fact. I talked to some national sources after the fact uh, of, you know, what are Kentucky's chances? Is UCLA still the team to be, you know, the, some of those narratives. And um, he, here's what I know. Things went very well for Kentucky. It was something that I got to be totally honest. Uh, Adem, the exact quote I got was that Adem was not expecting to be wowed on this visit that they, you know, he was expecting to go there and that the staff was going to basically beg him to commit and that there was going to be a, uh, you know, some of, some of that stuff going on, that the, that the whole focus was going to be on, uh, on, you know, sealing the commitment as soon as possible and kind of getting that momentum back with the program and kind of fixing things after Derek Lively and those sorts of things. Uh, and I was told that that's not what happened, that he got there and they gave him, you know, exactly what he was looking for. They kind of rolled out the red carpet for him. Uh, I believe he went – so see, here's a rundown of some of the things that he did. He went to a class. I had somebody reach out to me that was in a comm class that he showed up with Chris Livingston and watched Ty Ty Washington present uh, a, this this uh, comm class presentation at the front of the class. Things were you – know, he posted something on his Instagram story, but uh, a kid that was in that class reached out to me and said that it was funny, that he was kind of enjoying himself, got to see the academic side of things. He toured campus, saw all the basketball facilities, obviously – I heard that he went on kind of a, a, a distillery or wine tour of some sort that, uh, you know, one of the local breweries or whatever it was, I don't know which exact one it was, but I know that that was a part of his trip. He did go to the, to, to the football game, and I have a funny story about that, that he didn't actually stay for the entire game. He didn't get to go storm the field and do all that stuff. That kind of sucked, but, you know, stuff happened. Um, he got to see practice, which was the biggest thing for him. He wanted to – uh, kind of see what you know, Cal was pitching this role to him and said, you know, he's going with this four out, uh, you know, kind of perimeter oriented offense where there's going to be that one anchor in the middle. And uh, that was, you know, he wanted to see that in person and he got to see a practice up close and personal and, and things went really well there. So UK had a lot of, you know, and obviously the fancy steakhouse dinner that every high-profile recruit gets to go on their official visit. So they rolled out the red carpet with the events and the fluff and, you know, all that stuff. But I was told that he wasn't, you know, like, I mean, obviously he was blown away by the facilities and everything looked great and all that stuff, but that really wasn't a priority for him, Sean, because every high-profile school that he'll go to will have, you know, high – high-level trainers and a strength and conditioning program and all that stuff. That's kind of what makes a blue blood a blue blood and high-profile schools a high-profile schools. He knows, he knows he'll be able to get that anywhere. Uh, he wanted to see that practice. He wanted to see the vision that he has for himself laid out and, and kind of put not just on paper, but see it with his own two eyes. And Sean, I was told that that was, that was the biggest thing for him. And, and, and it, everything worked out perfectly. Uh, the, you know, everybody was kind of hyping up the four out offense, the four guards, Chris Livingston being the small ball four. Uh, Sean, I was told that that was the 
biggest overwhelming uh, takeaway from his visit was that the practice was everything he had hoped for and uh, that yes the four out uh, offense is is coming whether you whether fans like it or not do you like that they had Livingston on the visit with him you know I think it's perfect because he is the guy that they had to convince because uh, there was a lot of talk about him wanting to be a guard and kind of being a two guard or a three, uh, you, you know, a primary wing. And they had to convince him and kind of uh, kind of sell this uh, narrative with him and kind of sell this system that they were going with. And uh, things worked with Chris Livingston. And, and if they were able to convince him after, you know, kind of being set, set as a, a two guard or a three at, at most, uh, if they were able to convince him, I thought it was great that they uh, brought him along and kind of you know, helped pitch that to Adam. Absolutely. Yeah, I do. I think that was a really good idea, uh, especially it, it being a commit too, because, you know, we're talking about somebody that you kind of wanted to roll the red carpet out for, especially after uh, maybe not feeling like he was prioritized with Derek Lively's recruitment. So I, I think it made sense to bring a UK commit onto that official visit with him, not someone else where they're out really targeting someone, Jack, if that makes any sense at all. So I thought it was the perfect combo. And, I, Sean, I want to get your thoughts on this because this was kind of the biggest, like, ooh, that you know, kind of really turned my head. The, uh, the offense that Cal is wanting to implement and kind of model after is one that we've already seen at Kentucky. And it was probably one of the most exciting years that we've had it, you know, over the course of the, the John Calipari era in Lexington. And it was the 2016-17 season with De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk, and Bam Adebayo that that is the kind of the, the pace, the, the run and gun, you know, all the highlights you could possibly ask for, the dunks, the, you know, getting a lot of shots up and, and just kind of that up-tempo, get up and down the floor type system. That's exactly what Kentucky's going for uh, with this Shaden Sharp, Sky Clark, hopefully Kaysen Wallace, Chris Livingston, and then hopefully a Dembona as well. That's kind of the class that they're hoping for. They want, you know, Shaden to be the Malik Monk type guy. They want Sky and Kaysen to be the, uh, you know, Isaiah Briscoe and, and De'Aaron Fox. And then they want uh, – Adem Bona to be Bam Adebayo, and it's kind of funny that Adem actually models his game after Bam Adebayo. The, the, the first conversation I ever had with him, he said uh, that he models his game after Bam. So what better way to, uh, you know, go to a school that, that uh, for the player that you modeled your game after to uh, the system that that player was, was actively participating in when, when they were at Kentucky? I think it's a match made in heaven. And that roster had a lot of combo guards on it. Kind of like this class that Kentucky's targeting right now has a lot of combo guards. Uh, if they decide to go that route, and it certainly sounds like that's the approach, I think the, the difference would be Chris Livingston, if he plays that small ball four, I think could be a, a better four than maybe what Winyan was that year with that team. I, I think you'd get more out of Livingston because of his body and his frame. Uh, so I certainly like that that's the approach that they took on that visit to uh, the way that they're piecing this roster together. I, I think that fits. Yeah, and I want to tell the the quick uh, the quick football game story. So, you know, the, everybody was kind of like, I think there was somebody, maybe Kyle Tucker tweeted out that you know, um, you know I think Adem Bona might be down there uh, storming the field with with all the players and with with all the fans. You know, what an opportunity for him to participate in. So he didn't, he wasn't able to do that, Sean. He uh, so I was told that he left after the first quarter 
of the football game because he got really hungry and decided that he want, he needed to go get some food. And uh, so, you know, he's originally – so he's from Turkey. The, his, kind of his teenage years he spent in Turkey. Uh, he's originally from Nigeria, but he, he – you know, these – I think from 13 to seven, 13 to 17, I believe – uh, he spent his time in Turkey before coming over to the States and, you know, playing a prolific prep. So he's not very familiar with American football. And like, I think this was more of a, of an atmosphere thing, how Kentucky's able to get up for big moments and big games and how they're able to rally around UK athletics and that, those sorts of things. And it's something that he was, he was very fond of. He loved his experience. Uh, it's just UK, uh, American football is just not his thing. And, uh, you know, he was like, you know, I'm hungry. I'm going to go do my own thing and, and do all that. So he missed the kind of the, the biggest part of the weekend for in Lexington. He wasn't able to go storm the field with everybody and get all excited. Uh, but I will say he did get to see uh, some of the couch burning and some of the State Street stuff. And he did get to see the kind of craziness of all that. Uh, and he did he did like that. He, he, he loved how this uh, this city kind of rallies around its sports and uh, you know, he didn't know much about Lexington or, you know, the surrounding areas or the student body or, you know, some of those sorts of things. So he was very fond of that. But, Sean, I thought it was very funny that uh, the biggest moment of the entire weekend, Kentucky beating Florida in football for the first time in 35 years at home, uh, Adem didn't even get to see the, the most significant part of it, the, the field rush after the fact. Because he's hungry, I, I have to say, if I'm, when I'm hungry, I don't really want to do anything else either. So maybe he had to go take care of that. But uh, so you mean to tell me he didn't go down there with Tata Washington and all those guys? Nope, he didn't. They were the 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 whole team was down there. They were celebrating, have a good time while uh, Adem was eating a cheeseburger. I don't know what he was eating, but I'm you know whatever he was he was off you know getting a, getting a bite to eat while uh, the rest of the city but burned to the ground. Now. If he was there till the end of the first quarter, then he did get to see the reaction to the men's basketball team. So they did introduce the men's basketball team. I believe it was at the end of the first quarter, wasn't it, Jack? You were yes. there. Yes. I think they brought them out. So we know that he got to see that reaction and, and how the fans – that the fans were really loud when they called those guys out there in the uh, east end zone. So you, you know that that was part of it, too, to see how they rally, not only around the football program, but mostly, too, around the basketball program. Yeah. So – all in all, things went fantastic. All of the things that Adem wanted to hear and needed to hear after this. So the, the issue at hand was that he just didn't want to be limited to a screener and a rebounder and, and a cleanup dunk specialist. Because I think the reason why there was such a hesitancy with playing with Derek Lively was that Derek Lively is a number two player in the country, you know, that seven foot two freak athlete that's going to block shots. And that he, you know, he's the, he's the high profile draft guy. And that there was some, I think there was some genuine concern that he would be overshadowed that, you know, he was like, man, I'm confident in my abilities. I know that I can be a high level draft prospect. And, and, you know, UK kind of did the, the, the pitch of, you know, well, we've had, you know, go back to that 2014-15 team, the platoon team, where we had first-rounders coming off the bench. Like, you don't have to be – but there was just that that mindset of, you know, they are going so hard after Derek Lively and very clearly prioritizing him that I don't know if I'm needed there. I don't know if I'm even wanted. And then when he ended up going to, to – committing to Duke – then UK, you know, kind of came in and, you know, sort of saying, hey, you know, what's up, Adam? We want you. And, you know, started kind of 
wanting him to be the rebound target. And he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Didn't just a week ago you were wanting this other guy more than me and thought that he was the best thing since sliced bread? Why well, I'm not a rebound to you. I'm I'm a you know top 10 prospect in America. I, I'm going to be a, an instant impact player at the college level. You know, don't come come to me after the fact because you couldn't land your real primary target. You know, it's kind of a UK pushed all its chips in on the you know the the pretty shiny object and the number two overall prospect. And when you know Adem, I'm I'm here to tell you that if if UK pushed for a commitment a month ago, they could have gotten him. And I've said that on this show that the minute he received that offer, it was a game changer. He was you know ready to come. And I've heard some things behind the scenes that he even had a, you know, a UK commitment edit made for him and like, you know, things like that, where he was that invested in the program and he liked it so much. But whenever it became clear that he wasn't the, the school's top primary option, that that's kind of where it ruffled some feathers. And yeah, UK had some ground to make up. You know, there's, there's no doubt it's, it, you know, un- undoubtedly UK had some ground to make up and, and there was some, some serious bad blood there for a, uh, a while. And, and, uh, I, that was kind of my biggest worry is, 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 are they going to be able to fix all of that while UCLA is kind of putting forth their full court press and saying, you are our one and only target. You know, we, we love you. We need you. It's close to home. You're, you know, you're in Napa Valley. We're in LA. Like it, this is the, you know, this is the place you, you don't need to go far away from home when you're here already. You know, we want you, we need you. Let's just, let's just keep you here. So you have one person in, in, in your ears saying all the things that you've already wanted to hear. And then you have somebody after the fact, after they already kind of proved that they wanted somebody else over you saying all those things that you kind of want to hear. And it, it kind of comes off as, as artificial. And I think that was the worry with the going into it. And they thought that he thought that he knew what the pitch was going to be, you know, they were going to say all the things just to try to get him to commit. And uh, UK didn't do that. They, they said all the right things, but they acknowledged, you know, uh, they explained themselves about how uh, it was supposed to go. And they, you know, they, they found a way to smooth everything over. Uh, and Sean, I, I, I felt, a, I feel a lot better about Kentucky's chances now than I did you know, two weeks ago. And even a week ago, uh, I think that there was even some talk that Kansas overtook Kentucky uh, following their official visit and that Kentucky went into this visit go, running third, and uh, which that's obviously not something Kentucky fans want to hear, but it's the reality of the, of the situation. And uh, I'm here to tell you that that's no longer the case. So just, just given the situation and what we know and how hard Kentucky wanted Derek Lively, and you and I were huge fans, still huge fans of Derek Lively's game, do you think that they should have pushed and taken the commitment from Adim a month ago? Or do you think that they made the right call by going all in for two? Because we know that they wanted both, not just one. They wanted both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. Obviously, you know, you it's easy to say now that you know you're not going to get Derek Lively. You're like, oh well, hell yeah, I would have done anything in my power to get him committed now and do all that. But at the time, Sean, what did we say on this show over and over again that the drop off between Adam and Derek Lively was not significant and. And, uh, you know, a, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. We've, we had, you know, we said all of these things over and over again on this show. And that's kind of the frustrating part of all this where it's just like you had him, like you had him ready to come. And, you know, now it's, it's you know, it's probably 50-50 at best. I'm, I'm totally honest. That's kind of where I'm gauging this. We're going to talk about the UCLA and, and kind of all that. But, you know, 
at best, I think UK is is right there in the thick of things with with UCLA again. And I think they weren't going into this visit, and and you know I think they were they were running third behind Kansas. I think this visit was better than Kansas, and I think that uh, they easily surpassed them. And now it's a, a true neck and neck battle between UCLA and, and Kentucky. But this shouldn't even we shouldn't even be in the situation, Sean. This this could have been a you get a dem to commit now, and you get the guarantee because you know now after outside of a dem. Who else is out there, Sean, that, that you would it's, be comfortable getting? I, I'm here to tell you, you, I don't know if there is anybody. you got to go transfer portal. I just don't see it being the high school route. If it is the high school route, it's a reclass. And I don't think that – we don't really know what the U.K. front court's going to look like a year from now with Oscar Shibway and Damian Collins and those pieces. How many are here? How many are gone? I just don't see them being as good as what we expect them to be on the perimeter and then having a weak spot at the five. That five spot, if this team's going to be really, really good and do what we expect them to do when it's all said and done, Jack, they're going to need someone solid and elite to anchor that five spot outside of a dim. I don't think that that body is out there in high school right now. Yeah, so uh, I will tell you, I talking to some national sources, there – was a very brief conversation with with Ernest Uday, who is was actually at UCLA this past weekend, uh, taking an official visit while Kentucky was hosting a Dembona. Uh, he's a top thirty ish recruit, you know, kind of four star, fringe five star type player. Very, you know, six ten, two hundred thirty pounds, strong, athletic, blah blah blah. You know, the the whole nine yards. Not you know not the same level I've seen both of them live in person I I, I truly think Adem is is heads above uh, above Ernest but there were some exploratory talks between Kentucky and Ernest uh, they did not amount to much I mean he I, he's visiting Kansas this weekend and there's a lot of talk that he's going to commit very shortly after uh, that that he's kind of all in on the Jayhawks right now so you know, I, I don't think that's a realistic option but it's something that Kentucky was at least starting to explore uh, and then I also heard that Isaiah Miranda is a guy in the class of 2023, seven foot one, uh, you know, super athletic, kind of raw, but, you know, kind of finding himself as a basketball player, uh, fringe four star, pushing five star in the class of 2023. Uh, the UK is kind of pushing hard for him, kind of sees him as that Willie Collystein type guy. Well, you know, same situation as Derek Lively. Honestly, they, they kind of saw the raw, uh, you know, long athletic seven footer and, and kind of hoped he would kind of blossom into what Derek Lively became, I think they kind of see him as that next guy. Uh, they're they're in conversations with him. Coach O has gone to see him a couple times up in the Northeast, uh, and he is a reclass candidate. I was told that that he is interested in making the move up to 2022. So that is something that is available for Kentucky if it get if it gets to that point. If they get desperate, they miss out on a Dembona. But uh, though neither of those two options are going to move the move the needle for Kentucky. A Dembona is a guy that will move the needle and and a guy that you guys have heard me say over and over again on this show that I'm very, very high on his game, and I do not think the drop-off between him and Derek Lively uh, is is significant at all. But it, the drop-off between the Dembona and those other two prospects is significant, uh, and not they're not instant-impact type guys that a Dem would be. So I, you know, they're technically out there. There are other high school ath- athletes technically out there, but Sean, I think it would be transfer portal or bus if you're looking for a guy that's going to be that immediate impact, you know, potential championship level center from day one. I think you you would you would have to hit the transfer portal if you miss out on the dem. Yeah, and uh, that that's where we've actually expected to Kentucky to hit the transfer portal, probably regardless, honestly, whether they get a dem or not. 
I could see them going and, and looking at what this roster is going to look like by the time we get to April or May, wherever there's a piece and there's a body that they need. And then we expect that to probably be in the front court, yeah. given what they're recruiting in the back court. So I expect them to add at least one, probably just to maybe fill out this roster. And uh, obviously, if they do not get a Dimbona Jack, they're, they're going to have to go get an instant impact big from the transfer portal because I just don't think that there's that guy out there in high school right now that's just going to kind of make a difference right away. There's there's good pieces out there that are development pieces, but not someone that's going to come in and anchor a team that has probably hopes and dreams of winning a national championship the way that Cal's putting this class together. Yeah, and – I don't want it to to kind of make it sound like Adem doesn't want to compete and that, you know, all he asks for is, you know, 35 touches a game and that all he cares about is, you know, the offense running through him and, and him, you know, running point forward like Bam Adebayo. And, like, like there there's – I think it's pretty clear what Adem wants, and I think it's totally fair. He, he, he wants – he's confident in his abilities, as am I. Uh, he wants an opportunity to be in the spotlight. He wants to go somewhere that that will will catapult him to the NBA and show that he is an NBA level prospect. And that's why he was so high on Kentucky in the first place. He knew that that could be a place that could help him get to that point. He just didn't want to be overshadowed. He didn't want to, you know, I, you know, some of the early conversations I had were you know, if Derek Lively comes that the coaching staff's going to be all in on, on developing him and making sure he's their pride and joy and, uh, you know, the, their net latest and greatest top three-ish draft prospect and that he was going to be the guy that Coach Cal, uh, you know, took to the green room and did all, you know, he just didn't want to be left out. He wanted to be included if there was, if shoot, if Kentucky painted a picture of both of them playing cohesively and and they were able to coexist together then then that would have been one thing but he never got the feel that he was a a complimentary side you know sidekick to Derek Lively in the front court that they could play together in both be put up on that on that pedestal and, and have the spotlight and show how talented they truly are and and both of them be the top draft picks that they they're both capable of being that it was it, he always got the feel that Kentucky was you know pushing all its chips in on Derek Lively and thought he was the greatest thing since sliced bread and when they missed out on him that then it was oh we got to get a dem now and I, and I think that's just kind of what rubbed him the wrong way and I, I'm I'm just I'm very glad that they uh, said all the right things and made sure that he felt that that wasn't the case and that he knew that that he was needed and that he was always needed and and I think they 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 did all of the right things to to put Kentucky in back in that position. Now the, the now it comes down to you know those bridges aren't necessarily burned, but did it set them back so much? And UCLA already being there from the start, are they now going to be the priority moving forward? Is that was it you know? all the love loss in the past too much to overcome, even with a fantastic, beautiful 10 out of 10 visit. The visit was a 10 out of 10. Yeah. But was it enough to you, really land him at the end of the day? You would have loved to have had that final visit, the yeah. position that UCLA's in. You would have loved to have had that because how, we know when, it, when it's in recruiting, Jack, the, a lot of coaches, they're going to say what, you know, these, these guys want to hear. And UCLA has the advantage now of being the freshest comment and, impression on a dim bonus mind and uh but uk the goal was this past weekend to sure everything up show him that he's a priority and then now it's in a dim bonus hands yeah and 
here's here's why i wasn't you know sunshine rainbows oh this was the best visit that we've ever seen and everything was fantastic so uh in the reason why i still think it's neck and neck with ucla and it's not a done deal in the slightest um do you remember when case and wallace visited kentucky and how immediately after he came home from his visit there were several media members that leaked Kentucky got him like Kentucky did enough. They, they feel unbelievable how things went. They think that they did enough to land case and Wallace. Things went fantastic. Let's start, you know, really thinking of him as a legitimate piece of this recruiting class. Some of those, those narratives were leaked and it was not a secret that those things were leaked. None of that stuff came in after the Dembona visit. It was, you know, there were so yeah. many people that were reaching out to us on Twitter going, why is there nothing, you know, wh- why nothing on a Dembona? Are you guys, you know, feeling worried about this? Is that, is it weird that you're not hearing anything? And it's like, well, well, yeah, I mean, I did hear things, but it wasn't what I think a lot of fans were hoping that it was. No. Yeah, it was good. Like even on the Kentucky side of things, you talk to people close to the program and it was, yeah, I think the visit was cool. We did, we did our part things went really well uh we like where things stand but we'll see and that is kind of telling that if uk is really confident that they're going to land a guy they're going to let you know that they're confident and make sure that the hype and and excitement is is up Uh, and kind of you start promoting these kids and kind of start their story writing and you know those sorts of things to kind of build the hype that's where the case and wallace stuff came in everybody was kind of talking about him and saying yeah things were amazing and you know i had that quote that i put out where it was like it was a done deal kentucky did uh above, went above and beyond they they locked him up they they uh you, you know did a phenomenal job everything was fantastic sunshine rainbows blah 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 you did not get those same narrative pushes after a dem bonus visit and i and yeah i i do think that is you know not necessarily a worry but it, it's something to to factor in that that ex- the excitement and optimism that we saw coming out of the case and wallace recruitment uh, and visit is not what we heard coming out of the Adembona visit and i think that's something to definitely yeah. keep a close eye on yeah yeah for sure i mean we even not not even just the case in Wallace visit, but you know, right before Chris Livingston committed to Kentucky, what was the buzz there for about a week? Yep. It was a ton of buzz to Kentucky right now. You're kind of in this waiting period. A dim is going to make that announcement not long after that visit to UCLA. And right now, Jack, I mean, it's kind of up in the air. We, we really do not know. Yeah. And I, I don't want to, to get the Kentucky's not built for, you know, people aren't whatever coach Cal says, the, uh, uh, you, you got to be built not for everyone. Kentucky's not for everybody. You got to be built different to come to Kentucky, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I don't want those narratives to be pushed. If a Dem doesn't go to Kentucky at the end of the day, if he ends up choosing UCLA, like I don't want UK to, you know, kind of put some of those things out there. I want this to be a, like, yeah, we, we went all in on that. We swung and miss on Derek lively and we, you know, we, we missed out on another fantastic prospect because of it. You know, that was, that's something I think UK just needs to take on the chin and find the replacement from there. UK just, you, you got to keep moving forward and keep that momentum, momentum strong and high. You, you can't, you, you can't strike out four times in a row on high profile bigs. Like we talked about to start the show, you can't strike out on Kofi Coburn. Again, we talked about the narrative behind that and how UK definitely could have gotten him and, uh, we our feelings remain on that one, but uh, they went all in on Jalen Duran. Very similar situation. They went all in on him. Missed out on both. Similar situation with this. They went all in on Derek Lively. 
missed out on him, and now it's kind of a wait and see game with with Adembona if UK did enough for to land him. So it's a yeah, it's frustrating. It's a it's one of those things UK has done everything they can to kind of fix some of those previous previous issues, but those previous issues are were still there and they weren't for UCLA. And and I will yeah. add that there are some people inside of uh, Adem's camp that are very close with UCLA and that there's some some ties there and that there's some pull to that program as well. So that's an added an added bonus for uh, the UCLA program and and it's yeah it's it's tough it's it's one of those UK made that made that choice and now they kind of got to live with it either way yeah they do but that season's still over a year away Jack but this season upcoming there is some good news and UK kind of put it out there on Twitter today in a video you see CJ Frederick turning a corner three you also see Jacob Toppin popping up in highlights both of those guys seem to be back on the practice floor now that 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 is good news for this team yeah that's the two two kind of injury updates that I put out there what was kind of going on with both of them so uh there was some talk of you know we we talked about it on this show that CJ Frederick had a a previous kind of something that in his leg that that was kind of something that could have the surgery could have been done. It's a lingering issue that happened during his time at Iowa. Uh, he got here, kind of flared up again. Doctors gave him a choice of you. This is not a, like you don't need to operate on this, but it, the only guarantee that you have to be ready for the season opener against Duke is by getting this little cleanup uh, procedure done, you know, kind of sitting out and kind of being patient with this and then coming back at a couple weeks before the season starts or you let it heal on its own. You kind of take things slowly, but there's no guarantee that you're ready in time for, for the game. It'd be, it'd be one of those frustrating Kentucky injuries that we've seen over and over again, where it's kind of, they just let it, letting it heal on its own and we'll just see what happens. And I know that's something Kentucky fans did not want, and it's something that CJ didn't want. So he got the procedure done. Uh, he waited. He was patient. He did what he could. Uh, you know, was getting shots up however he could, and, and you know, not not rushing back from this. And I was told that a week and a half ago, I believe that September twenty fourth, twenty fifth, whatever it was, the last week of September, he started ramping up his workout efforts and, and started uh, kind of getting back in the gym, getting some shots up again, and, and starting to feel pretty good about it. And uh, that he would be he was officially cleared, and that they were going to slowly ramp him back up to a, a, the full participant status in practice. And here we are. He's they now very clearly put that out there because he is a full participant in practice. He's scrimmaging. He's doing everything that uh, that Kentucky fans are going to want him to do. And Sean, it's an absolute massive return for the program. And obviously, uh, Jacob Toppin as well. He was dealing with a minor shoulder issue that could that kept him out the entirety of, of September. But Sean, two absolute massive. Uh, returnees for the program, you know, obviously transfer in from from Iowa for CJ and return from Kentucky for Jacob Toppin, but two guys that Kentucky's going to need at various points for various reasons, and uh, it's it's great news that UK is getting them both back. Oh, it's it's massive news, massive news that both those guys are back, and now that they're at full strength, uh, more than a month, what a little more than a month until the opener. I know the first exhibition's coming up here in a few weeks. But that Duke game, I think, what, Jack, now about 37 days away, 36 days away to be exact, somewhere through there. So it's good to have your full roster ready to go for these practices as you just get closer and closer to that season starting. Yeah, you, you know, 
Cal has said that he's not going to play 12 guys. He's not going to do that. But UK has a roster with 12, uh, 12 athletes that are capable of producing at the collegiate level, uh, you know, across the board at all positions. And I think that's something that Kentucky hasn't had the luxury of in a, in a long time. Like this is, this is a, a deep, talented, veteran-led program this year and and it's something that Kentucky fans should absolutely be excited about you have uh, you, you know you have returning college production you have shooting you have scoring you have uh, defense you have length you have athleticism you have uh, you know speed you have playmaking you you go down the list you have everything that you could possibly want in a roster and I, I know that that's what we talked about during the whole Jalen Duran Kofi Coburn thing it's like you can't you can't have a cherry on top but still not appreciate the Sunday that's that UK already has yes it would but it would have been nice to add either the number one player in the class or a consensus all-american uh, in either of those two players but you can't you can't just forget that this is still a damn talented group from top to bottom and uh, you know CJ Frederick's gonna be a guy that UK leans on for shooting and defensive help I know there's this narrative that oh he's a kind of an unathletic white guy and and you know he can't play defense because of it but like CJ Frederick was Iowa's best defender last year he always guarded Iowa's best uh, whoever the opposition was he always guarded the other team's best player like CJ Frederick is a damn good defender let's let, let's no make no mistake about it and then you have Jacob Toppin who I've heard talking to his trainer uh, has has really improved his his jump shot and that he's still the freak athlete and that he's really worked on expanding his game to not just be a pure athlete that he's really getting more, you know very well rounded and you know kind of checking all the boxes of what it takes to be a very you know all around solid college basketball player and I think that's what you're going to get out of him this season and uh, Kentucky fans should should be very excited about both and and I don't know how many minutes either either of them are going to get or if they're going to be you know high you know sixth or seventh man or whatever the case is but they have an absolute spot on this rotation and and uh, and I think Kentucky's going to be better off for it now that they're they're back healthy and uh, ready to play and I believe it's 34 days until that opener against Duke. But so regardless, it's getting close for sure. But uh, yeah, stay tuned to this podcast. I mean, now that we're getting close to the season, Jack, I know we have a lot of big things planned, especially with UK Pro Day coming up this weekend. And then Monday, we get to go in and watch a full practice with this team. So we're talking here, you and I, about doing two episodes, one Sunday to recap Pro Day, and then one Monday as well to uh, to give you all our thoughts and what we saw at that practice and how things are looking because uh, that, that tells me all I need to know about this team that they're opening up practice for us because that, especially this early that we're getting a look at these guys. Yeah. It's, you know, we have pro day, we have, uh, you know, open practice. It's, it's awesome. It's going to be fun to not have to rely on things you hear from people around the program of, you know, Oh, Ty Ty Washington's a knockdown shooter and, and, uh, you know, uh, Xavier Wheeler can do this and Davion Mintz can do that. Oh, Bryce Hopkins is, is you know, the best, uh, you know, he's underrated. People aren't talking about him enough. All those little, you know, kind of summer off-season storylines that you kind of hear and the buzz around the program. We won't have to rely on that stuff. We'll be able to see it with our own two eyes. We're going to be able to see him scrimmage. We're going to be able to see them at their most competitive state, you know, going against Cal always talks about the practices are harder than the games themselves. We're going to be able to see that in person. So, that's definitely something that uh, we are definitely excited for and, and fans should be too. We're going to pump, pump out a bunch of good content here in the coming days. Um, you know, numbers are still fantastic. 
when Sean, let me put this out there. When we put out this podcast regularly as a, you know, couple times a week, you know, a, a very consistent flow, this is a top 10 pro, uh, basketball podcast in America, Sean. This, this has gotten up to number four in the entire basketball category. And that's just, that only accounts for, we talked about this on the last show, that only accounts for the, the one single source of safety. That doesn't account for our YouTube numbers. That doesn't account for the KSR fee that this is also a part of. So I, I still think, I think we're the number one basketball podcast in America, yeah. like with, without, without hesitation, but the numbers that we have to go by with just this individual uh, individual feed, even those justify that we are a, a top 10, top five basketball podcast in America and the number one college basketball podcast in America. So, Sean, I'm just so thankful for these fans and the listeners that we get every week. You guys do an amazing job. And, and when the season starts, we tried to do this last year where we were going to do a pregame show and a postgame show for everyone. But uh, with UK's team being what it was, we ended up talking the entire time about why UK sucks and why, you know, it's, it was always just so doom and gloom. We were like, look, nobody wants to hear this. We're going to do one show for every game, you know, keep the excitement up and not just be doom and gloom all the time. But with this team being what it's supposed to be, we're going to be pumping out shows, pregame shows, postgame shows, recruiting news, you know, high, you know, with, when we go on these road trips that we always go on, we're going to, uh, really keep keep that feed rolling and keep the excitement up around the program. We have a, a good thing going with the show, and we're going to keep it rolling. Absolutely, and I cannot wait to get this thing started. That that podcast in New York City is going to be a lot of fun. I'm I'm sure you'll definitely get a pregame one there. Wouldn't shock me if you get two. Yeah, oh, I'm <laughs> so I'm, I'm definitely excited for those road trips. Those are the episodes that are always the best with me and you because we get down there at the same time. We go through the entire weekend together. We, we see everything together, and those that's our best content. Yeah, and we, we have stories that we still haven't been able to share on this podcast when things are funny and, and uh, things kind of <laughs> happen, behind, happen behind the scenes. We'll, we'll need to put out an uncensored kind of, uh, don't you know, still put it, put it on a different, the, different feed, yeah. The most disappointed I've ever been in you is when you edited out you falling off that stool <laughs> in Starkville. <laughs> Oh, good, good. You, just, you need to go back and find that content and just to put it out, just the sound of it. Like, it's just, if you, you had, you needed to leave that in there. We're, we're too professional sometimes. We don't, our little bloopers that happen, we cut them out. Sometimes we need to leave them because it's the funniest thing you'll ever hear. <laughs> we have a lot of fun with it and we're going to continue to keep having fun with it, John. This was a lot of fun. I, I should add that. I should add that you were not intoxicated when you did that, so you don't record sources say drunk. No, <laughs> so you, I was, I was, you just fell off. Still. I was way too sober for that. Honestly, I mean, for me to for me to fall out of my my seat, it, it was kind. I'm kind of disappointed that I was sober. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep making fun of me. I uh, I deserve uh, uh, it. Uh, 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 that's what you did. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> A lot of a lot of good good times, and they're going to keep on rolling on. This was a lot of fun. Again, a Dembona, things went well. Uh, I still put it at fifty fifty. They're very high on UCLA, and that visit's happening. Uh, I believe October twenty second. And, and let me add real quick before we end it, I put out uh, the the person I talked to with, to get some of this information. He told me that they were planning on that Monday afterward to commit. So I believe October twenty fifth. Uh, but he said, but let me check with the Dem first uh, and make sure that it, that's the uh, date that, that he's cool with and that, that we're on the same page there. 
I believe he just did a follow a damn himself did a follow-up interview with David Sisk of Rivals and told him that he wasn't going to do that Monday that he was going to wait a, a week or so afterwards he's going to go home kind of settle down think things over and then uh, and then make a, a thorough decision after his his UCLA visit. So it might not be that Monday afterward, but it's going to be uh, in, in the days slash week or so after the fact. So either way, Adem's going to be making his decision soon. I th- still think it's neck and neck between Kentucky U- UCLA, and uh, uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. This this UCLA visit is going to be huge for uh, the future of Kentucky basketball recruiting in the class of 2022. Bunch of good content rolling here soon. Pro day, open practice, bunch of good stuff coming. Sean, uh, where can fans find your work? You can find my work at gobigbluecountry.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at gbbcountry. You can find me on Twitter at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Reach out to me via email at jpilgrim at kentuckysportsradio.com. With that, we'll be back next time for another Jam Packed Source to Say podcast. We will see you then. Oh,